This is Faith in Your Recovery. Welcome to the battle. When you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, we're here with you. We're here for you. Hi, I'm your host, Randy Davis, former pastor. I'm also the founder and executive director of A Better Life, Brianna's Hope. Let me introduce ourselves simply by saying this. We are a participant-driven faith-based, compassion-filled support and recovery movement for those who are battling the battle with substance abuse disorder, or as many just simply refer to it, addiction. We're glad you're with us. We believe we have something that can help you find that way to a better life. I have a special guest with me today that I'm pleased to have. This is Keith Wooden. Keith, welcome. Good to be here. Good to be here. Well, thank you. We're anxious to get into a little of your story, and then we'll share some more about A Better Life, Brianna's Hope. Uh, Let's begin. Let me just ask you kind of an off-the-cuff, almost uh, left-field question. (laughs) I understand you're a pastor, yes? Sure, sure. Down at Ovid Community Church in South Madison County. All right. How many years have you been in the ministry? You know, in the ministry since 1983 um, at Ovid for 27 years. Wow. That's a long stay. It's a long stay. (laughs) I've had a history of staying where I'm put by the Lord for a long time. So I've always felt like, you know, I wanted to be a boomerang. You throw me away, but I'm coming back (laughs) at you. Okay. So, well, once again, congratulations on that. So after all those years of ministry, what if... What if you hadn't gotten that call to ministry? What would you have liked to have done as far as a career goes? You know what? Actually, I was headed into teaching and taught for a few years. Um, the Lord called me into ministry my freshman year in college, but uh, he made it clear that I should go ahead with my teaching degree, um, transferred to a Christian liberal arts college, Wheaton College in, in West Central Chicago, and and at that point made a, a, a change in my uh, studies in terms of biblical studies, but but stayed with the education and taught for a few years before entering the ministry. What was it that you taught, Keith? Oh, man, every every <laughs> student's favorite subject, history. <laughs> all right, all right. And uh, as you mentioned, Wheaton, I'm pretty familiar with that. Our son lived in that area within about 10 minutes of the college Oh, my there. goodness, yeah. So yeah. we were able to, uh, you know, spend some time there walking around. Visited so, that area then. That's yes, great. Yes, absolutely. Well, once again, thanks for being with us, and I appreciate the, the interest that you've shown in A Better Life, Brianna's Hope, in particular this podcast, Faith. You know, we want to emphasize that and keep that in mind what a major part of our recovery that can be. And we all know faith forms in different ways. Sure, sure it does. Yeah, it grows from different seeds and it looks different during that journey process. And that is exactly right. It does look different in that journey process for each person. And sometimes we we try to pigeonhole people into a specific style and expression of their growth of faith. And it doesn't work. No, we can't keep them in a box. No. We can't give them freedom when we hold them back. That's right. That's right. So uh, what kind of questions might you have either about our podcast, Faith in Your Recovery, or A Better Life, Brianna's Hope as a whole? 
You know, Randy, let me give you just a, a brief background on myself in yes. relationship to addictions and things. Awesome. Although not a personal, not, never personally been addicted in that way. I had a brother, Tom, who entered his addiction life when he was 14 years old. And Tom was my older brother by five years. And, and um, you know what? He, he really didn't even understand what he was getting caught up in in those days. And my parents didn't understand either. And before we knew it, Tom was um, in, in a cycle of addiction that took him down some really, really dark, dark, dark um, alleys. And I remember one time when my brother never um, was a drug runner, but he was a muddy runner between here and and, uh, the um, Great Britain. And he would carry at that time about $250,000, $300,000 on him in different ways so that he could run the drug money back to England. Yeah. They would run the drugs over. And so it was a, a, a really, really harsh lifestyle. And he was, he was so addicted to coke at that point that he would just sit there and bleed from his nose because of the addiction. So I'm, I have a personal expression of the addiction. And then when I hear about this... You know, I know how dark it can be, and I know how how difficult that is. So help me understand. First of all, let me understand your passion for this, because you're not directly connected, but you're connected by... Help me out there. Absolutely. I'll tell you what, it, it's been kind of a, well, we'll go back to that unique path kind of thing Thanks. to faith, because this has all been something that I hadn't planned on, something I didn't see coming, but obviously God <laughs> knew well ahead, and he's yet to ask my opinion for the yeah, that's future, right. okay? That's right, Randy. I've, <laughs> I've tried to give it, but it doesn't usually work Yeah, there's out. a lot of things we try to give God our opinion on that he really doesn't care. <laughs> Absolutely. But I can remember there in Dunkirk, Indiana, I actually lived in Red Key, that's okay, in sure. County. Pastored in Winchester for many years, oh, so okay. know Red Key well. Yeah. So between Dunkirk and Red Key is about five miles. Well, sure. I remember on June 16 of 2014, the word was out on the street and mm. out on social media before it hit the news. Of course, everything's that way. Yes. That a 25-year-old young lady from Dunkirk, Indiana, Brianna DeBatiste, had disappeared. Immediately, the family made it known that she had had addiction issues since junior high school. Wow. She actually began her habit in the seventh grade. Uh, Brianna was a, a cheerleader, a homecoming queen candidate. Uh, she made good grades. She was aspiring to be a clothing designer. So she had her dreams like all young people. Sure. But unfortunately, the darkness of that addiction uh, eliminated a lot of those hopes. What was it about this particular person? Because we understand that addiction is, is so prevalent and so pervasive. But something about Brianna caught your heart and caught your interest yeah. so that now, all of these years later, you're still passionate about it. What was it? You know, there was a family connection, okay, which good. is always important, relationships. Yes, but there were connections through my wife and Brianna's okay, yeah. family. And I remember receiving that call from her mother. This was two times that happened prior, obviously, to her disappearance oh. to see if as a pastor I would 
would go visit Brianna in the local jail. Oh, she was yeah. there both times on drug-related charges, so we built a little bit of a relationship through that. Sure. So we'd had that connection to where when she disappeared, the call came, and I jumped on the opportunity, and the family welcomed it, mm. and uh, then it grew from there. That, that is so that is so powerful because it is our personal connections and every one of us, just like I mentioned, I have a personal connection with addiction as well. Yes. And I doubt if there's there's anyone listening today that doesn't understand uh-huh. a connection with addiction. Yeah. But the heart of what you said is, and it's in your name, it's Brianna's hope. Yes. Tell me about this hope, because I think uh, the addictive cycle, and and we have several, you know, one of our statements at the church is, that I uh, pastor at is, no matter who you are, where you've been, or what you've done, because addiction hits every level of Absolutely. our society. It's not, you know, you mentioned a person that had so many things going for them, but addiction hits every level of our society. Yes. So, um, you know, we understand that we have a connection. We it it is pervasive and and prevalent. But there was something that said there's hope there. And you're telling a dark story. Tell me about this hope. Well, I'll tell you what, I I think it became most visual and most real to me. I held her memorial service. I believe it was October 4th of uh, 2014. And during the calling hours of I think they were two to six o'clock. There were over 600 individuals that came through there. Oh, wow. Of those 600, Keith, I have no problem saying 150 or more went home not knowing where they had been. They came in either high on a drug or on alcohol, but it was the only way they could face the moment. Sure, they were running in the moment, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. but they weren't running away from everything because they wanted to show the respect yes. for that friend yes. of theirs. And seeing that and recognizing the pain and finding out that in our county there was nothing offered to speak of. Mm. You know, how can we want somebody to have a better life to get out of their darkness and not offer them some sort of help and hope. Man, Randy, you 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 address a, a primary need in our culture today is that we think of large cities as having resources, okay? But much of the addiction is, I mean, there's plenty of addiction in, in the cities, okay? Don't get me wrong. But much of the addiction is in small towns and in rural areas uh, yes. where there aren't the resources. And so you're speaking to a need that exists in a different place, um, not just populating it in the cities, but in our rural little towns. I mean, Dunkirk is how many people? Dunkirk is probably 1,800 to 2,000. Now think and, about that. Oh, that is powerful. Red Key, where this actually began, is 1,300 or less. Yeah, and you you think about that, Randy, and, there's, and, and yet there was a populace of people that were caught in the in the clutches of addiction and and you are saying that Brianna's hope in particular and and the full name I'll let you give in just a sure. second but you're specifically saying that the hope here is that we can touch students adults 
those who suffer from the, the clutches of addiction, we can touch them where they're at. And that is so key, it, where they're at emotionally, culturally, physically. You know, you touched on it a little bit ago. You have not had the personal experience of addiction, but you've dealt with the personal aspect of addiction yes. with your brother's struggles. Yes. And as you mentioned earlier, there's not a family who doesn't have someone or knows That's right. someone. So we recognize that and we decided and believed with the family's help and support and their permission to to throw the whole story open, to make it public, because they didn't want somebody else to go through 10 weeks of waiting to find their child and then finding oh, them wow. as they did. Oh. So it opened a door. It brought a you know, a visual to the community. It gave a name to addiction, unlike Jay County had ever had before. Mm-hmm. And no longer could they turn their back, shake their head. That's they right. had to know it was real because much of the community, many people had been out searching during that 10-week time. The coverage that was given, it was an all-out effort out of an entire county and surrounding counties. Oh, that is powerful. Randy, it's interesting because um, my first exposure, you know, this is my first time meeting you face to face, but my first exposure came as I was traveling down 53rd Street in Anderson and I saw a Uh, sign out in uh, front uh, that said Brianna's Hope. And immediate, my my question was, you know, it was one of the the, uh, digital signs and so it passed by it very quickly, but I saw it long enough to go, I know nothing about this, and I'm pretty informed, but I saw this sign that said Brianna's Hope, and I wondered, what is that? What is that? So now, you know, serendipitously, here I am with you listening to the story behind that hope. That is so powerful. That would have been the uh, New Horizons United Methodist Church. Actually, yes, it is. Yes, Yes, it is. They have one of our chapters located there at the church. They meet on a Monday evening. We have another chapter here in Madison County that meets in Alexandria. We're about to open up a third chapter that will be a part of the Family Resource Center, which is going to be at the Y downtown here. So that's been a part of the process We've been able to spread over the state of Indiana in 27 different counties. We have 37 different chapters. We have eight chapters in four Ohio counties and one chapter in the state of Virginia. Uh, (laughs) That's powerful. And we just had some great exposure this week to Illinois. How do you, well, tell me a little bit about the exposure to Illinois. How did that happen? That exposure came through, uh, I was trying to think of the, you know, I, I can't give you the name of the That's okay. the community now, but they were able to find us on the website. They're wanting to develop some support and recovery communities through one of the hospitals there and a grant sure. that they've received. So we're one of the options that they're considering at this point. So it's it's really powerful that you're growing in that way. And with all of the the um, addiction recovery programs that are available. What makes this one so distinct? Because if you're growing like that, there's something unusual, something that's capturing churches and people's lives to start these chapters. What's going on? You know, that's a great question because, in fact, we, from the very get-go, designed ourselves to be an other 
option. Wow. Uh, we believe in the 12-step process. We share folks from one group to the other, and it's been around much longer. It's proven, you know, it's successful. But we are not a 12-step. We are at a point where we accept folks in a very raw in a very real state. We're oftentimes the first step anybody will take toward recovery. Yeah. We're not extremely rigid in our design. We have a lot of flexibility. And we want to take you just as you are, as the old hymn would yeah. say, <laughs> yes. and let God do deal with you from there. You uh, know, and that's so important, Randy, because we spoke of that earlier on. This is a journey, and it's a very independent journey. And if we're not willing and able to meet people exactly where they're all. And you mentioned this, it's raw. And and if we expect or we calculate that somebody needs to clean up before they start up, <laughs> something's wrong. You know, we yes. can't, you don't clean up before you start up, you start up, you know, you get started and, and wherever you are. And, you know, it took us seven years of saying every week, no matter who you are, where you've been or what you've done, you're welcome here because of what Christ has done. Yes. You know, because... Um, we we see those examples of of Christ meeting people exactly exactly where they were, and there was no need for them to change. And I I love the statement that people who were nothing like Jesus liked Jesus. Yes, yes. Because of this very thing that you're extending to people is that in your raw state we're going to come alongside of you. We're gonna we're gonna walk through this with you. That is a challenge, brother. Well. Part of all of that has been there in the beginning. I'm much like you. I don't have the true addiction background. Mm -hmm. I've dealt with it with family members, lost family members. I've seen the struggle and, you know, watched all that pain. But we decided we're going to start this. Even if it's a sloppy start, (laughs) it's better than no start. It's right. And I, I think of Paul's writings in the scriptures. He's oftentimes telling how to run the race, how to finish the race. Never once does he say, this is how you start the race. He just assumes. He insinuates, get in it and go. Go. Just one step, one foot in front of the other. And that's what we've been doing. And, uh, you know, God is blessed. And I always say I never dreamed this dream of dreaming this dream that we'd be where we are and touching the lives. Uh, We have just you know, through these chapters, we have an attendance of over a thousand people throughout all of these. We've been able to send 1,400 people to treatment. We've been able to finance most of those. We've just been touched in a way that wasn't a part of my plan once again. <laughs> but I'll tell you, obedience will lead you where you didn't intend to go. One step. You know, I, I, I hear you speaking there. And and you know when you when you talk about just the first step, you know sometimes we talk about agape love, which is that unconditional love, and we can get sloppy in that. But in this case, sloppy agape is a positive term. <laughs> We're going to love you right <laughs> where you're. Sloppy agape. I <laughs> We're like going to sl- start with you right where you're at, and we're going to we're going to meet you. And what I hear you saying is, we don't think we have a handle on the whole process. No. We're a part of this process, Absolutely. and so for some. It's going to be first steps. For some, it's going to be the middle journey, you know. But um, you see the need for all of these these avenues 
of recovery coming together and working hand in hand rather than fighting for a turf. Oh, unfortunately, there are enough individuals with the need. There's oh, no wow. need to fight There's for no who we're going to get to. We yeah. just need more open doors, more open hearts. That's it. You know. Uh, just that that promise of loving them where they are until they can get to where they've been yeah. created to go. You know, you've talked about your own um, ministry and and you're walking through people's addictions. And you know, I've I've walked through the DTs with people. And I sat yes. there and hold their hands while they're while they're convinced that there's bugs all over their body and that they're yes. eating them. And there yes. there is so many things going on in the DTs that are so radical. And and many people run from the ugliness of that and the hurtfulness of that. But I hear you running toward it. You know what? Uh, that's just the way it's been. We invite that. We don't want to be there just for you. We want to be there with you. And we recognize a difference there as far as commitment. And that's just our hope, our plan. That you know, and you keep coming back to that one word and and for someone listening today, there is that one word that they need to grab a hold of. All they need is hope because they've come to the end of their 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 resources. They've come to the end of the the line, and maybe it's because somebody had the guts and the and the love to intervene in their yeah. life and say it can't go on. You know, with my brother, we had to we had to literally pull the rug out from under him. Um, you know, he was he was a very successful person, probably in terms of just raw income. He outstripped. Of course, I'm in ministry, so my raw income is on the bottom line of that. Okay, but but um, you know he outstripped any of us in terms of his ability to earn money. And yet here he is caught in this cycle of addiction that's leaving him destitute in so many ways. Destitute, not just financially, but his soul was empty. His, His heart was empty. And we literally had to say, you know, it's, it's this way or that way. And at that, this point, your addiction is leading you to uh, an incarceration that is really going to be rough. Yes. And you know what? You know, at that point, he made this decision. Okay, I'm ready. I'm ready. And but we held out hope. Absolutely. You know what? Um, okay, I've got gray hair. You've got gray hair. Okay. You should be at a point where you're kicking up your heels, dude, okay? I am. Uh, There's no other way right now. At this point in my life, I'd rather kick up my heels. Uh, But, there's a big but in there. Yes. But something's driving you. And I see it in your eyes. I hear it in your voice. Uh, You know, even as we've talked here, the energy that has come into this, this studio at this point and into your heart is something that's contagious. So tell me, what's driving you? You know what? My spiritual gift, I recognized it. I took all the tests. I've lived <laughs> it and everything else is the gift of encouragement. Yes. I have coached. I have substitute taught along with ministry to provide that income and that extra. But the idea of being able to see somebody rise from their own ashes, to walk out of their own grave, to find the light from their own darkness, yes. to be able not to just call them out of the darkness, but walk in there and help walk them out is what keeps me going. That's my energy. You know, it, obviously, that's God-based. That's, yes. that, that's the Holy Spirit working within. I get all of that. But there's a willingness and a wanting. Uh, a lot of this, I have no doubt, goes back to an early experience at the age of 23, 
and I always get emotional over this. That's okay. My mom took her own life, and she had borrowed my car that day, which she had never done before, which should have been a red flag because mm. we knew she was going through a lot. Yeah. And she drove to a train track and waited for the train. Oh, man. That suddenly and <laughs> permanently changed my life and helped me to recognize the pain and the struggle and that there needed to be somebody who'd listen, be there, care, and share. So I have no doubt that's one of the seeds. But you know, I know, many know, God takes the smallest of moments and makes the greatest of things out of them. You know, you're absolutely right. And, and oh, the, the trauma that that left in your life yes. is, is significant. You you gave such a, a a beautiful 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 part of this, and that is, um, this this promise that there is beauty for ashes. Yes, yes. And um, every one of us can point to those traumas in our life, one way or another. Okay. So if we stop thinking that one is up and one is down. You know, that we are not sojourners together. Uh, If we recognize that we are sojourners together and start putting stop putting up the borders and the boundaries that say one is up and one is down, then we have a chance to walk beside one another and we become the the essence, the beauty that someone can see that through his life, beauty came from the ashes um, you know, there was a time you grieved so deeply. There was a time that Brianna's family grieved so deeply. Yes. But even in this, they have turned their suffering in in this into a uh, a a ministry. Um, they've turned this loss into something of significance. There is the scripture back in Genesis, I think it's chapter 50, 20, that we use kind of as a, a theme thought, if nothing else. And it's what you intended for evil, nice. God will use for good. Not only will he use it for good, he'll use it to save lives. And Keith, we're seeing those lives saved. You know, we have folks who come to us and we're not the only recovery movement who hears this, but we'll honestly say, without you guys, I wouldn't be here no. today. You know, I, I'd have either taken my own life semi-intentionally, or I'd have done it through drugs. We see families reunited, and we see folks, you know, lifted from having no self-worth and value to people that know they matter and know that they're worth the effort. And that, you know, you asked earlier about the energy of the wise, they're some of them. You know, that's as big as any ball game I've ever coached a victory in, okay, is to see that kind of change. Oh, it, wow. What a great analogy because we we are caught up in a lot of little um, adrenaline rushes. When you see a life that was on the line, literally, yes. and you see that life changed powerfully, the high of that, the adrenaline high is higher than any one of those individuals who is right now you know, using in some for some fashion, because now they recognize, you know what, this high is temporary, oh. and and yet the high that God is offering to us is not just a fix; 
it is the fix for our souls. Yes. And and he said to that one woman who is there at a well one oh. time, he said, you're, you're looking for water and you're coming here and you come here every day, but I'm offering you something that goes beyond this moment. I'm offering you something that changes your very life. You know, again, you know, I, I'm not making this into a, a, a scripture time, but you, these scriptures are so important when, when God says that he, he has anointed Christ, Christ is anointed to be sent to bind up the brokenhearted, yes, to proclaim yes. freedom for captives, to release from darkness prisoners. I mean, you've walked this. You know how dark, you know how bondaged, you know how brokenhearted individuals can be. Um, this is just so powerful. So can we go back a little bit, okay? Absolutely. Because I want people to make sure they understand. First of all, give the full name of Brenna's Hope so that people sure. understand that there's a lot of letters in it, man. <laughs> <laughs> it is a better life Brianna's Hope. And let me share with you where that title came from. Three days before Brianna's body was located, her mother found this prayer in Brianna's handwriting, and it was setting with some documents that, you know, it was almost as if Brianna knew the family would need them. But here it is. Please, Lord, Look after me and my family. Please help me to do the right thing and to show people that I'm not a bad person inside or out. And help me, Lord, to get through this disappointment again and know I make mistakes, but who doesn't? I don't do it to do wrong. I do it because I feel I have no other choice. I want a better life, Lord, I do. Please help me. Do to me is what you feel is best. I surrender to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now understand, that comes from the handwriting of a young lady that was referred to as a worthless junkie. Uh, there were other titles I'm not used here today, but the rest of the world can pretty much guess what they were. This is the same young lady that many people said, is she worth this time, the energy, the finances it takes to search for her? You know, she got into it. This was the only way you were going to find her. And so she was looked down upon by so many, yet she had this kind of heart. You know, it's clear we look on the outer person, God looks on the inner. He sees our potential. Others just see our problems. And to read this prayer, to have it shared at every one of our meetings, to have it on our website, it's a powerful piece that speaks a lot of who she was, what she was about. And as I said earlier, our community offered so little, we wanted to be that other option. Mm -hmm. We wanted to provide the better life that Brianna had a hope for. Thus, that's where our title came from. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. And, you know, um, we've been doing a series recently where we're talking about um, whether we want to concentrate on the behavior or the brain of the individual, Ah. if you will, the thoughts. Yes. And when we come back, you know, because if we understand that um, before behaviors are our thoughts and they're essential to understand. And when she uses the term I am. That is the heart. That is the, the the essence of her thinking. And she wanted to know that I am not 
I am, because she had adopted some of the 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 trash that was entering yes. her brain yes. that said I am a bad person, and she was fighting that with everything she had. I am not a bad person. Yes, and so many people have adopted. Uh, what the world has said about them, what others have said about them as who they are. Uh-uh. God that, says you're something else. <laughs> that's right. That's the power of the words we speak, isn't it? That's uh, the hope. And, and that's what leads to that hope and why we have that as a part of our label, our name, to remind folks addicts do recover, that they're people of worth and value, and that, you know, we are they, they are us. It's not a matter of them. And again, for any person who's suffering with addiction, and addiction takes many, many forms, but they're all destructive to the person. For anyone who's listening right now and suffering from this addiction, it is not, your worth doesn't come in who you will become. It, your worth is already established right now. Exactly. You are loved, you are deeply loved, you are valuable, and any voice inside of your head that's declaring that you are worthless in any way is a lie. Yeah. It's just a lie. And you need to understand that individual needs to understand their worth in the moment, not in the future. Their worth now. Absolutely. You know, we don't know what the next moment's going to hold, but we know who will hold this moment. And (laughs) we need to recognize that worth value and then move forward from there. And again, as we've said over and over here during this episode, you know, we don't know always what that next step's going to look like. So part of our label, part of our title, faith in your recovery, have faith in your recovery. Have faith in your leadership. Have faith in yourself. Above all, have faith in God. And there is a next right step. And if you can't find it, you can't detect what it is, get involved with a recovery movement, a group. Let them help you. Surround yourself with people who are on the same positive mission that you're on. And when you can't get the answer, somebody in that group will help you find it because they've been there in that whole where you're thinking you are, and they obviously found the way out. So let's just wrap this with a couple of ideas because we need to make sure people know how to reach out, okay? So is there a website? Is there a place? You know, everybody's got a phone in their hand. How can they get involved in a Brianna's Hope group someplace? Absolutely. Our website is ablb. H.org. Uh, simply the initials of a better life, Brianna's Hope. And, you know, we can be reached by email at info.ablbh at gmail.com. Uh, we've, as I said earlier, we've got those chapters around on our website. You can find these podcasts. You can also find the locations of chapters uh, of all the 45, 46 that we have when they meet. You can find out those times. You can find out the addresses. There's a contact number on there. So we welcome your involvement if A Better Life, Brianna's Hope would be the direction you choose. Yeah. And you can just Google Brianna's Hope right 
right away, and it's right there. First one that comes up, okay? Yes. And in that Google is an opportunity for a changed life. Randy, this is powerful stuff. This is powerful stuff. And I and I am praying, even as we're talking here, that that someone who is listening or maybe someone who is listening that knows of someone who's suffering from that addiction, that that they would have this moment to recognize there's hope, there's opportunity, there's something that is there for their life now. Yes. Thank you yes. so much. This has been powerful. Well, this has been a great time to share and, and to cast a vision of a new future and a new hope. Don't give up on yourself and don't give in to the urge. Your answer, your healing, your recovery may be in our next episode. Have faith in your recovery by having faith in yourself, your journey, and above all, God. Believe and stay in the fight.